The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 111. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a quick plug, if you would, be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media so that way more people can hear us talk about Star Wars. If you know of someone, friends, family, uh, random acquaintances on on Twitter and Facebook, let them know about our podcast because we would love to get more listeners and grow our show. Also, please be sure to to rate the podcast because that definitely gets us uh, seen by more people. And Spotify also allows you to rate podcasts, so please give us a five-star rating there also to help us out. Today we have quite a quite a big episode today. We are discussing the finale for the Book of Boba Fett, and the title of that one is In the Name of Honor. And joining me tonight on the panel is the mediator, as always, the Bendu, Angela Cialana. Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be here in the middle today. <laughs> Absolutely. On the other end of the uh, galaxy or country, as it were, is uh, old Ben himself, Mike Creevy. Now, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> like a week. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, he's he's coming. Oh, speaking of oh, that, gosh. I guess I, we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, Let's that's, do it. I'm that's trying to contain good. myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely, I think, the, the biggest news that has dropped since the finale aired was uh, yeah. May 25th is the release date for the first episode for the Kenobi show on Disney+. Plus. So, Are there some kind of like ground rules where Angela and I have to like calm down because he's our favorite character (laughs) like gripping my chair so i don't like hit the microphone or something trailing my arms (laughs) well but speaking of that i mean do you do you briefly do you guys have any thoughts or theories i know there's been people like analyzing the poster and what lightsaber he's holding and i actually haven't really looked into that at all but i'm I'm kind of waiting to be right he is at a distance but um, did you guys have any hopes or desires or are you just going to go with go with the, the desert sand flow, as it were? Oh, well, I know that uh, every few days we're getting a, a beard update from Mike. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> well, the facial hair is uh, getting in getting ready for this show as well as the brain. It is. I, <laughs> I actually I, I just trimmed it tonight because I need to kind of re. It's it's a whole hair tie-in thing. It's the weirdest thing I've ever... It, it wasn't because of Obi-Wan. It was like two weeks into it, or two months into it, I was like, 
oh, wait, I could do this. Like, this will be fun. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry for you listeners. You can't you can't see Mike's Mike's definitely rocking the, the Obi-Wan episode three. Kind of look. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll do it up for the show. The, the only thing I was thinking is just um, and I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but regardless of Cobb Vance fate in the, the sort of current timeline, um, you know, obviously they, they've had such, I think, you know, it seems such uh, enormous sort of success and fan joy over Cad Bane uh, and his live action debut. Um, he works, you know, he works in the Kenobi series. Um, he and Obi-Wan were not exactly friendly. And so you have a tremendous uh, background, I, I think, with the, the two of them from Clone Wars that, that could, I think, very reasonably tie into something. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah. And for me, I would say it's it's obvious, but, you know, we don't get a whole lot inside Obi-Wan's head besides kind of the wisecracks and, <laughs> you know, the occasional like, hmm, I wonder if such and such. But, you know, really the inner workings of what's going on in his mind and heart and all that good stuff with the force. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that we'll get some of that. Um, I mean, when you have a guy out in the desert, <laughs> you've got to have some <laughs> kind of like inner monologue scenes. Um, so yeah, I, I would be surprised if there wasn't any of that in this, in this series. Mm -hmm. Plus uh, force, force ghosts, Qui-Gon and Yoda. Like it can't, yeah not well it can not happen but it, i think i think we need that that's just that's probably the hope for me i'm also excited to see hayden christensen back as Anakin. Yeah. oh yeah but i'm i'm still not sure if they're gonna if they're gonna do flashbacks or if they're gonna like stick him in the the suit with you know with darth mm -hmm. vader because i i've heard i've heard both i don't know we'll see i would i would hope for both because i would love yeah. to see I would love to see Hayden's face, you know, yeah. as Anakin yeah. interact with with Obi-Wan. But you can only really do that in a flashback. So he's one of those actors, I think, too, you know, similar to like Matthew Broderick, where they're they do age. <laughs> but, but, right. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it, it would not be difficult to, you know, even without de-aging. You know, I think you could just right. with with good right. makeup and, and lighting, you could make Hayden, Hayden, look, Hayden you know, look 25 again or 22. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he definitely would would fit the <laughs> the yeah. He he looks he still looks young. Mm -hmm. Um so definitely uh stay tuned for that. I was surprised that they didn't release it or they're not releasing it on May 4th. So I think that because May 4th is a Wednesday, which fits their whole release mm -hmm. schedule, I I think that sort of and maybe I'm maybe I'm hoping for more than than what we're going to get, but I I I expect something to get revealed or announced at um on may 4th so well somebody pointed out i thought it was good because you know we all heard about the because the 25th is a wednesday too i hadn't mm -hmm. thought of that but but the um you know the the 45th anniversary of the release date of of a new hope but what someone pointed out just today i heard that i hadn't thought of specifically was that really was the day you know, in 1977, that uh, audiences were first introduced to, among other things, Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that's cool. You know, that is kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Some sort of connection there. Either way, May, I think, is coming uh, to be to be a pretty awesome month for, for Star oh, Wars yeah. fans out there. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, so definitely, listeners, stay tuned because we will be discussing the Kenobi series when that when that airs later in May. 
moving on to our ham solo segment uh mike do you have any fun stories this week <laughs> i uh, unfortunately i don't i because <laughs> i i didn't have anything to order this week but uh perfect yeah, because I... we have a we have a listener who's got a He's got a brief oh, story, good. so <laughs> please, you're uh, you're, you're <laughs> off the hook. I'm off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got an email from Brandon Wallace, and he says, "Hi, friends over at Secrets of Star Wars. This is Brandon Wallace. In honor of the newest character in our beloved Book of Boba Fett, please find the attached photo." So he sent us a photo of his Starbucks coffee cup with the name Cad Bane written on it. <laughs> um, I can only imagine um, <laughs> what the what the employee must have thought of when he had. To when he had to say that he says uh, you you may remember that I sent in a drink labeled Han Solo a while back and mentioned that I got some laughs this name just got stares <laughs> wondering if it is because they were looking for my menacing sharp teeth and blaster on my hip or they just thought I had a weird name <laughs> that's awesome keep up the great work and thanks for taking the time to do the show Brandon Wallace thank you Brandon very cool <laughs> yeah awesome. I, I like I always think about that too late when I'm when I'm ordering something and and by the time that I think <laughs> about it it's it's already Andrew's already on the name or and, and so so thank you for for uh, sending that in Brandon and listeners of course if you have any fun Star Wars themed real life encounters like this uh, email us those and we will we will share those on the show and those are always fun to fun to to share. So jumping into our discussion on the finale of the Book of Boba Fett, um, as always, I would throw it off to you guys first. What what were your impressions of this episode? I'll go first because I have short a short answer to this. I was slightly let down and I'm sad to say that um, that was my first impression um, because I had so many expectations based off of the previous two episodes that were f- chock full of like cameos and surprises and all these things. So that's what I was primed Mm -hmm. for coming into this last episode. Um, But, you know, every time that I go back and I re rewatch something that I've had that experience with, I've always enjoyed it more. And it's because I'm not coming to it again with those expectations. I'm just enjoying it for what it is. And mm-hmm. so as I re-watched this one, I definitely enjoyed it much, infinitely more than the first watch. So first impression, yes, it was not so great, um, but I, I did enjoy this episode. Uh, Office fans, if you remember when Michael Scott wrote up one time the quote, um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky and then underneath Wayne Gretzky it says Michael Scott <laughs> like he's crediting himself for quoting someone else uh, we could just do that with what Angela said because that's, like, <laughs> that's like identical to basically my first impression too yeah it was um, yeah and I have you know obviously some specifics probably stuff that a lot of our listeners or many of our listeners I'm sure probably thought so I think it's good to go over the, the particulars but I'll just reiterate mm-hmm. yeah pretty much same um, <laughs> I didn't get to re-watch it more than I, I got to rewatch most of it uh, a second time, so I, I haven't had a chance to go back and catch it. But it was, it was certainly better, I think, the second time around. But uh, yeah, um, and I don't know that I necessarily went in really. I, I didn't think I went in really expecting yeah. a lot of like a couple things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, the things I was expecting, um, or the things that I was expecting, 
almost none of them happened, and then things that I imagined, most of those <laughs> didn't either. So I was kind of like, darn, like, I think I might have done something wrong here, too. <laughs> so, yeah, that's in a nutshell. Yeah, I, um, I, can, I can relate to that. I, um, I found it really busy, and um, just because it was the, the, the fight scene and the big battle, um, <clears throat> I guess I will kind of go a little bit the other way. Um, there were definitely things that I was expecting that we didn't get. Um, I expected the Tuscans to show up. Um, I expected bigger cameos at the end, etc. But um, in terms of just the episode as a whole, um, it kind of fit what I was expecting for, I guess, the the, the battle with the Pikes and, and all of that. Um, and I think actually for, for some people, I hope that the Boba Fett that we saw in this episode was the Boba that they had been wanting to see. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, there, there's been a lot of just talk on, on social media about just, you know, how this isn't what they wanted and they're not enjoying it. And, you know, Boba Fett isn't the, the, um, the ruthless kind of bounty hunter that, that they all expected him to be. But when you see him fight in this episode, I mean, like he's got the knee missiles, he's got the, <laughs> the, the, the rocket launcher They're They're using their, mm-hmm. um, their jet packs. Um, I think at one point, like Boba, I think it's Boba. It's either one of them, Boba or Din, like uses his jet pack as just a way to dodge. And like, so like those fight scenes, I I hope they did for me. They, they really, um, hit that, hit that desire to see Boba in action. Um, so for that, I, I did really appreciate that. Um, but there was a lot going on. So it it was definitely, it was definitely big. I think they, they checked all the boxes that they needed to for the finale, but, um, I'm I'm kind of okay with moving away from Tatooine for uh, for the mm. for the time being. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? After we talk about an episode, I always enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate yeah. it more. So well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. And 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 I think you you brought up a really good point too is like if you go back and rewatch it, often that's when you can appreciate the things that you didn't appreciate the first time. You let go of some of those expectations and you can enjoy what's there rather than you know, being a bit bummed out on what wasn't there. Yeah. So definitely, um, this is one of those shows that, um, my parents don't have Disney plus, but my dad really enjoys star Wars stuff. So like when I'm home on vacations or, or anything like <laughs> I will rewatch these with him and that's, that's always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Cause then I can, I can then sort of sit back as the surprises come and watch his reaction. And of course he doesn't <laughs> have at all the understanding. Like when Ahsoka showed up the first time he was like, who who's that <laughs> but then i get to jump into the like oh you don't know who that is let me explain and talk about it and it's uh, it's it's kind of a cool bonding moment with with me and my mm-hmm. dad so um i'll definitely be rewatching this uh for sure so we'll just uh jump then into kind of the the recap here um yeah this was this was definitely book of boba fett uh focused on boba fett it wasn't um focused on on mandalorian like the last two episodes and um definitely all about this final battle with the pikes and it starts off with um boba fennec and and din are in the the ruins of the sanctuary um which i was really sad to see that bombed uh that was kind of a cool place um and they're they're talking about the upcoming war with the pikes and Din is informing them that Freetown is, is going to come to help. 
And ultimately, they decide that they are going to stay there in the sanctuary to to hole up and, and fight against the Pikes rather than going back to uh, Boba's the palace um, to stay with the people and fight. And then we get this scene with Cad Bane and the Pikes. And Angela, I imagine that this scene had um, some good good news for you. Uh, we hear that Cad Bane was not the one who who killed uh, the Tusken Raiders. And, uh, but rather it was, rather it was the the Pikes who did that. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that was a strategic, um, a strategic writing choice. I, I just suspect because I think they know that people like Cad Bane and that the Pikes needed to be more of like a vicious adversary, you know? mm -hmm. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I can kind of see them saying, well, let's just, let's just have the Pikes just say that they did it. I, I didn't expect that the Pikes were the ones behind it. Um, in fact, I didn't really, I mean, you, everybody expected it was the, the Nikto, uh, speed, uh, the, the gang, the, the speed biker gang. Um, so it was, it was a little shocking, I guess, to, to hear that the Pikes were behind it. Um, but not they, for me, I, I, I pretty much expected that it was somebody else. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I was a little bit, at that, didn't she? Yeah. Fennec, yeah. Yes, Fennec was like, nah, I don't think that the speeder bike gang took them out on their own. Cause I think Fennec kind of just thought the speeder bike gang was just like a bunch of punks, you know, um, who couldn't really fight. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess since we were going with like kind of the mob, uh, crime boss theme. I was surprised that the Pikes didn't like hire somebody else. I mean, maybe mm. they did, but they just didn't tell us who it was. So yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Maybe but. it's a yeah. Maybe it's a bit odd that they were claiming responsibility because I mean that that then gets told to Boba, and the 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 fear there would be is if Boba knows, then he's going to want to take revenge on the Pikes. Which is exactly what 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 Cad tries to try, tries to do later. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It makes sense. And it doesn't go well for the Pikes <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. So, uh, we get uh, an X wing that arrives at Moss Eisley. This was this was kind of a fun scene with uh, with Grogu and R two D two. What do you guys think of that shot? By the way, it was just the way it felt like you were hanging on the wing. You know what I mean? Like it was just a really mm -hmm. cool, like coming in so low, and it's it's you know, yeah, um, yeah nice. that was I was not expecting it. You know, I did think it was Luke for a second, and I, that was super like surprising. Mm -hmm. I was highly you know? doubtful it was Luke. I I didn't know who who it was going to be, but I just thought the whole time that it was my opinion. The whole time was that it was going to be a mistake to have him come in because this is I don't know if beneath him is the right way to put it, but it's just not this isn't Jedi business to me. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> like, I'm sort of quasi quoting uh, episode two again, their father. Not exactly <laughs> Jedi business. Go back to your drinks, but that's not like Luke's not going to roll into a gang fight. You know, that's just not, mm -hmm. that doesn't fit. So I never really thought he was coming, but I didn't expect him. Uh, so somebody referred to it. Uh, I think it was one of the rebel force radio guys referred to it as like a space Uber. <laughs> <laughs> like <he> just, throws, <laughs> just puts the, just puts the kid, the X wing. He's like, Take him home. <laughs> but no, I said, oh, yeah, but R2 is the right person for that, though, of course. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And, and of course, the, the misdirect there was that you you 
most most watchers probably assumed it was um well i mean maybe most most viewers thought it was grogu um but paley paley obviously thought it was a one of the new republic officers which <laughs> is really funny she's like you yeah know, oh my gosh every scene with her <laughs> she's so great I didn't get the first time around. I was thinking I was so fixated on just looking at the X-Wing and trying to be like, who's in there? I loved like how much she was freaking out. And, like, every little, <laughs> yeah. like, put that away. Hide that. Put a tarp over that. Like everything yeah. is like some kind of violation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So and um, I think this is this fits uh, what, what we thought was going to happen. Um, granted, I didn't think Grogu was going to show up in the middle of the the battle the finale mm-hmm. in fact mm-hmm. i didn't think we were going to see grogu again and i continually am, am proven wrong on that on that front <laughs> uh but the fact that he chose the mandalorian beskar chainmail shirt over yoda's lightsaber mm-hmm. and chose chose to be a mandalorian versus a, a jedi knight it fits with what we know is coming and it's we, we I think we all kind of expected it, but this changes everything that I suspected for Mandalorian season three, though. Mm-hmm. Well, thematically, it fits, too. Right. Like by choosing the armor, he chose family mm-hmm. and that ties into like every like even the last scene between Cat and Boba, which I will get into in depth <laughs> later on. But he says, I've got armor and it's like mm-hmm. armor kind of equals family, I think. Mm hmm. Well, if if I may, this is this is a good spot for the Maximilian Kolbe random reference that I told you guys before we started recording. Because, and it's a stretch, you know, you know. But what made me think of it this morning was um, I'm reading a biography of him, and it was sharing the story of when he was a kid, and he had the uh, the vision of the Blessed Mother offering him the red crown of martyrdom or the white crown of purity, and he could choose one. Okay, so I don't. I'm kind of overplaying my hand here a little bit, but I, I couldn't help but think for a moment you're reading this book. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a little <laughs> like Luke offering him one because my theory is that he chose both of them and he's got that little lightsaber under his cloak and you can't see it. And he didn't want to hurt the rancor. We'll get to that later. So like I just it was funny because I was going back. and I was like, wait a minute. He could, he could have it. I mean, Yoda had it. We didn't know he did, right? You know, episode mm-hmm. two, he pulls his cloak back and it's there. <laughs> yep. So I, I still think, I, I still think he does have it. We'll see. And I think it's supposed to be a surprise because again, practically, what is Luke supposed to do with that thing? Mm-hmm. It's like a toothpick. <laughs> I know? mean, like it's, not, it's, it's like, but this there's thing, creatures you know? of all sizes that live in the galaxy. There are, there are, so sure, but we'll, <laughs> and we'll Grogu see. Grogu is we'll so see. small. Like he is, he's probably yeah. very close to the size of that hilt <laughs> I th- yeah i think it's actually pretty big for him quite frankly, but, you know, so i don't yeah um, i don't i don't think he could actually lift it up not really wielding it <laughs> no we'll see about that but no, I just thought, hands. yeah i just thought you know and, and maybe i don't know if we'll get into this later I, if, if so just let me know i just i just wanted to think like a lot of people everything that happened between him and mando is something i've wanted to see you know and i'm so happy but i just I, it's like I don't know. I was like, was, was this, was this the right place for it? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like we all love it, but I'm just like, I don't really know how many people there are out there watching this who haven't watched Mandalorian. So I, you know, I don't really know how much sense it makes to really worry about that too much when you're writing, you know, like mm-hmm. we have to do everything as if no one's watching anything, but this, you know, right. but by the same token, I just, I, it is tricky for me. Cause it's like the story, 
there's a lot of things like this for me in this show where I just this story does story rules, right? You know, it has to kind of stand on its own. You know, it has to be, I think, uh, able to kind of stand on its own two feet. And I'm not really sure yet if it can. Um, I'm, I guess I'm not really sure how to look at the show itself just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as in fact, my last note was why Book of Boba Fett <laughs> kind yeah. of like a, yeah. I love it. But it, but it's like, yeah, it just does something I think we'll all be kind of talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I I appreciate the 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 story flow between the two sh- the two series as sort of um uh not just like a a cameo or or not just you know uh, a one off sure. thing but um anyone who's who's watching the book of Boba Fett and hasn't watched the Mandalorian I suspect the scene with Grogu or all the scenes with Grogu is going to prompt them to go back and watch sure. Mandalorian <laughs> season one uh which which I think is is perfectly um you know appropriate and good and that's how you can can draw more people into it um yeah i i don't know if we needed a a series on boba fett specifically um it will find out i guess if they do a season two and and where they would go with that yeah Mm -hmm. um i have I have some thoughts and we can kind of (laughs) maybe wait till the end to to talk about some of those kind of things yeah yeah uh, you know, but, but I think in general, I mean, we're, I, I'm always hesitant to like <laughs> complain too much because this is, we're getting more oh, Star sure. Wars no. and, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and, uh, even if, even if seeing Boba Fett in this kind of a context was not at all what I was expecting out of the book of Boba Fett, I have, I have enjoyed it. I mean, I wouldn't oh, say yeah. that I've, it's, it's not, it's not my top show. You know, I definitely like the Mandalorian better. But mm-hmm. it's still been fun. And and I think as long as yeah. Star Wars continues to be fun and hits those those core themes that we like to talk about, I'm going to I'm going to be on board for whatever show they come up with. Well, you know? yeah. And that's that's like I even said with we've talked before a little bit about um, we haven't gone into it too much on our show. But uh, like I've said a couple times about resistance, you know, like I, I enjoyed resistance, you know, but like mm-hmm. I don't really it's not the one like if I have to. I'm going to start going back like Wednesday mornings as my Star Wars morning. <laughs> so like, I'm going to keep this tradition going. And I was like, so what am I going to start watching this Wednesday? Resistance isn't on my list. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just, right. So you know, no, no offense to it, but it's just like, eh, you know, so, um, yeah, I think that's part of it too. You know, the rewatch factor, or is this one you're going to keep going back to the well, maybe certain episodes, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of rewatch, and this is totally unrelated at all, but um, I since I do do quite a bit of traveling, um, I just started to to listen to the novelization of episode two. And oh, it's, cool. It's pretty cool because <laughs> the novelization is able to add scenes that aren't, weren't in the movie. So you sure. get you get more um, scenes and more backstory behind some of you know what's going on. So either way, who, who that's, narrates that? Oh, is it well? Because like Mark Thompson does Mark almost Thompson. everything now. It's, but was yeah, it all? Okay. This, this was this okay. was I think before Mark Thompson kind of became big into it. So it's sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I I don't even want to say a name because I'm going to probably not <laughs> not get it right. But um, he he does a pretty good job. He does a pretty good Obi Wan uh, okay. voice. So uh, I'll um, have to check it out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun. Um. Anyways, uh, back to back to Tatooine. We uh, continue to have the the setup for uh, the war that's coming. Um, the the patrols 
uh, the, the group has patrols in each of the sectors. So like, you know, um, the Gamori, the Gamorians are in the Clat, Clatoonian territory. And I, f- I, those two guys, I feel so bad. We had a hat. We could. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to make a pig's flying joke, but first of all, a Hondo already <laughs> did that with the Ugnaught. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> From Rebels. They can fly. So I was like, oh. Oh, but it was no. like, but we first saw them in the series, the Klaatuinians, we saw them as butchers. Yeah. And here they are yeah. <laughs> attacking some big pigs. Yeah. Oh, so it was like, oh, it's sad. It's like, oh. <laughs> well, and like, they're the only ones out of sort of the the main cast of characters that aren't just kind of, you know, pike number one or pike number two, but they've, yeah. they've been they've been in the thick of things from the, from the beginning and mm-hmm. they were the only ones that died. And <laughs> well, look, I mean, in, in a way, you know, I got to give credit to this show. Cause in a way they, they, because of that, they set the sort of raised the stakes. Right. Honestly, exactly. I think higher than rise of Skywalker. Did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just in terms, you know what I mean? Just in terms of like, well, these are, these have been important guys, you know, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is getting real. That was, I yep. felt that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, th- that was an unexpected death when they were pushed off the, pushed off the cliff. Um, but then like Chrysanthemum was, was in the, um, Trandoshan Jeez. territory. Oh, I, man. I should have expected him to survive, but I expected him to die too. And then when he came back, it was, <laughs> it was, was a I, good surprise. Yeah. 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 Um, it fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but also just. Chrysanthemum is he's a Wookiee and those things are they're <laughs> pretty powerful I don't know what they're uh, made of creatures. but it's some kind of superior material yeah <laughs> yeah well, I think the only thing tougher in the episode was the rancor <laughs> <laughs> and the and the droids but we'll we'll get oh, to yeah. that Jeez. Mm. can um, I just goodness. say the best nickname in Star Wars now is Santo like when oh, I heard awesome. Boba call Santo yeah. I was just like that is so cool. I love that. Well, and that's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Angela, but that's Spanish for saint, right? Mm-hmm, or or holy. holy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Santo, Santo, mm-hmm. Santo. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Which itself carries a little bit of like a Wild West vibe to it, doesn't it? Just a little, you know, like a Western. Yep. Yep. In a way. Yeah. That's just cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it sounded so natural coming out of uh, Tamara Morrison's mm-hmm. mouth, you know. <laughs> Santa. <laughs> and I was, I was happy like something to, he would call him. <laughs> I was happy to see them. I mean, on the same side. I mean, I know that that he was Chrysanthemum was was hired to kill Boba earlier in the in the season. So yeah, no hard feelings. But I mean, there there's obviously a sense of Boba has a he cares <laughs> that that Santo is is alive and and is glad for it rather than mm-hmm. just kind of looking at him as muscle. So there's I I appreciated that for sure. Um, and then the, the third group, the, the mods are in the Aqualish territory and, um, they, they are the first to kind of have some, some issues. But, uh, before, before that happens, we have the first of two standoffs between Boba Fett and Cad Bane, because Cad comes to negotiate on behalf of the Pikes. And of course, that's not going to work. I mean, we we know this isn't this is not going to end, um, you know, with with a let's sit down and um, have have peace negotiations here. And um, yeah, so that that kind of goes 
goes south. Cad reveals to to Boba that the the Pikes were the ones that killed the Tuscans. And I think that this was very strategic for Cad. I think he was this was him trying to pull Boba Fett out and act mm-hmm. irrationally in order mm-hmm. for them to take him down. And then the fact that well, Fennec, I heard somebody else online say Fennec should get a raise for uh, <laughs> <laughs> for coaching Boba down. But um but Boba exercising restraint is a character development revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, because before we saw him, like, he was just under the impression that the Nictos were the ones, you know, and he just went down and he just gunned him down in cold mm-hmm. blood, you know. Um, so, and then just just looking at Boba's history, his childhood, you know, that we've gotten to know through the animated series, he was really hot-headed, you know, as a kid um, and kind of reactionary so i think it was for me at least like having all that backstory to see him get really upset and then takes a while but it's like okay no um we're gonna do this on our terms that was Mm -hmm. that was a character development moment well and i think there too is a i mean there's some there's some just kind of general advice for for us too that oh yeah i mean (sighs) We should not react out of an emotional state because we are more likely to say something uncharitable, do something uncharitable when we're acting with emotion at the forefront of our of our mind, um, rather than lead letting reason kind of lead um, what we say and what we do. So definitely, I mean, watching this, you sort of you you pick up on that, that we're not, we're not feeling quite the betrayal that Bob is. So we're, we're recognizing what Fennec is saying is, is the right course of action, but it's harder when you're in the moment of a betrayal of someone, you know, doing something or saying something to you that just spikes your anger. It's harder when you're in that moment to then recognize like, okay, I just need to pause, step back you know, and then let the emotion settle and then respond with, with, um, reason leading it, which just leads to, to more charitable actions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Better for everybody. I think. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of fun to have the assassin being the one to, to <laughs> kind of lead, lead that, uh, uh, little, little piece of advice. Uh, so then the, the war is definitely getting kicked off. Uh, the mods, are attacked and they're the first to be attacked um of course the the aqualish the clatoonians the um trandoshans all decide to not abide by their non uh non-engagement policy that they agreed with with boba and they've all turned on on boba and the gang um and that's where the gamorians perish and and chrysanthemum is attacked um but then the the mods are being attacked <clears throat> and fennec recognizes that um they're already outnumbered and she has to go to to moss isley to try to to take out the the lead of the pike syndicate but on her way out she rescues the the mods from their their particular peril and this was kind of a fun scene i just wanted to point out there's there's an interaction between drash the 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 girl who's the who's one of the mods with fennec and just, I thought it was kind of fun. She, she says, thank you. 
and Fennec notes that, uh, you know, she, she actually, she has manners and she likes it and she says, you're welcome. And she lowers her mask a little bit to say that. Mm -hmm. And I just, I found that interesting because we've, we've talked before even how the mask, um, you know, just the mask can be a barrier to, to relationship and encounters. And so I, I just, I liked how she pulled down her mask to, because there was a shared, um, you know, experience there, there was a, a shared, uh, Fennec just saved their lives. And so there was a, you know, gratitude exchange. And so I appreciated her lowering her mask just a little bit to say that and not, not be so hidden away. Um, the, the, the war continues, the pikes show up at the sanctuary and, um, this was also, um, <laughs> quite, quite comical. Uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> the negotiation scene was yeah. hilarious. I had to write it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the major Domo, I think, is one of my favorite characters out of this whole series. <laughs> Just he's so over the top and. I, I, he's he's one of those that could just talk for you know ten minutes and say absolutely nothing, <laughs> and and I I love him, um, but uh, yeah. So so Boba Boba's trained or he allows the the major dormer to go negotiate on his behalf, and the exact words that Boba has in his um his offer is this, and I just I wrote it down because it was just so. Uh, if you ever want to. Um, you know, insult someone. This is apparently how you do it with, with flair. He said, uh, you will leave the planet and your spice, your spice trade. If you refuse these terms, the arid sands of Tatooine will once again flourish with flowered fields fertilized with the bodies of your dead. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think, I think when Boba's dad was, yeah, I was going to do what Boba's dad was like going away all the time and he's home sad. He's just doing nothing but like reading <laughs> Homer yeah. you know, or something like <laughs> Boba's the poet. Who knew? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a very eleg elegant uh, way to insult, insult the pikes. And to stall for time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because that's yep. what he was doing, right? Yep. I mean, he never meant to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when I first saw the scene, and the major domo offered to go negotiate. I was, yeah, I was surprised. Like, what, what, what would Boba <laughs> even offer in that kind of a negotiation? So, it it makes total total sense there. Uh, the other thing to point out about that scene was the 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 solidarity and the camaraderie that Din and and Boba had. Well, most uh, and, and if I may on that point, because I, I think this is an interesting. Uh, connection with I just want to see what you guys think you know as far as there's so much I think in that part mm -hmm. that for me personally you know just where I'd like to see you know and we've talked about before uh, certain things go with the Mandalorian certain things I've said I'd like to see specifically with eventually I'd like to see Boba as the Mandalore mm -hmm. I think personally this whole experience they even hint at it a little at the end but this whole experience of him helping people to get their home back and seeking family and seeking, you know, honor and all this. I, I just, I feel like I still don't think this is the end for him by any stretch, but I think that scene maybe had some of the best seeds, at least in my opinion, as far as like Boba doesn't seem to personally care about like, you know, the, the children of the watch code. Right. You know, but, but he cares about 
who he can trust. And um, he's not like, you know, we'll get to later with Cad, some of his his contrary philosophy, right, about looking for number one, that kind of thing. Like, And I feel like that's that tension, you know, just protect yourself, your armor is your armor for you to not get killed. Or, you know, you pop that helmet off once in a while. It's just there's so many of these things we've been talking about that are clearly there on purpose. It's it's mm-hmm. just really neat to see it playing out. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this this could be one of those key moments, too, where the title of the episode is very much at play in the name of honor mm. that that Din mm-hmm. Din has has, you know, said that he's going to help Boba and he is not going to betray um, his word and he's going right. to he's going to honor that. And he's I mean, I'm, I'm sure he even looks at Boba as some somewhat of a of a brother, you know, if if they, they share the, the Mandalorian uh, heritage there and. I mean, they're they're both willing to die together as as brothers, and no mm-hmm. no hesitation. I mean, Boba Gaines and it's, didn't, it's not for pay, right? <laughs> it's, he's yep. not getting paid. It's yep. free. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so yeah, I I firmly expect that there's going to be more with them two in the future as well. Um, because mm-hmm. they they yeah they they have a bond that's that's already deeper than yeah. He's not just a hired hand. Uh, so. Of course, then after the failed negotiation, uh, which I was really glad that the major domo wasn't wasn't shot in that scene. I yeah. kind of expected him to. He's like his words, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh, so the 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 war kicks off in in full steam at that point, and uh, that was. That I mean, and that was a really cool fight scene. The um, especially yeah. seeing Boba and Din kind of protecting each other, and and kind of you know both of them using as many of their their uh, arm armaments and their their weapons as they yeah. could, and uh, just coming in on the jetpack. Just it justified everything. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. justified every piece. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, like even, and, and, and that's where we see, like I said, the, the knee missiles with, with Boba, the, the whistling birds with, with Din mm-hmm. and they just, of course, are not able to, to overcome the, the sheer numbers of the pikes. And thankfully at that point, Freetown arrives, uh, which I, I totally expected Freetown to show up. I mean, I, all eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not a big town i mean we know that it's like well good bring for all the people of right. fighting age it's like okay there's uh bob there's Kelly, <laughs> there's frank <laughs> deputy scott oh no sorry yeah no, 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 no more deputy scott yeah i know i love how the music got really like a little more wild or old west at yeah. that point too yeah. it was that very was cool. kind of like dun, 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 dun. here comes you know mm-hmm. saving the day you know <laughs> people of freetown yeah it's just it's it's so western it's like I loved it. it's it's corny but it's great at the same time like it's <laughs> it's a it's the corn with like the butter on it mm-hmm. and like a little seasoning salt you know like they're in a speeder <laughs> not a not a stagecoach or a covered wagon that's right. the only right. <laughs> um another thing to point out uh there that I, I wish they had more time to, to go into, but um, there, there's a little bit of conflict between the city folk and the, 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 the country, <laughs> the country boys, you know, the, yeah, the there always is. <laughs> right. 
they kind of they kind of have names for each other. The 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 mods call the the Freetown people sand scurriers, and the um the Freetown people call the 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 mods city rats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there was, there was definitely some, they, they kind of get over that as they're, they're fighting together, uh, which, which was nice, but I, that there wasn't a, a whole lot to, of time to kind of delve into that, but, but it's true. I mean, we see that all the time too. Just, just, you sort of have a, uh, you know, uh, even an unfair sort of idea of what people who are different than you are like and um it's it's important to remember the humanity that we all share so everybody everybody's got that uh that county or that you know or that town or you know yeah yep. it's yep <laughs> yep um or if you're <laughs> if you're in wyoming or laramie specifically where i am i mean uh we have a the university has a big rivalry with um with for uh the um colorado state university in fort collins I mean, so like, so there's names that are thrown back and forth. And I mean, so it's, it's a little bit more playful, but some, some people really take it just a little, a little too, <laughs> too personal and too far. Like, yeah, competition is nice, get, like, but <laughs> like, that's how you get just, just North of me, the uh, insanity of the, the Yankees Red Sox thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned the hard way to stay away from that one. Yeah. I don't have any skin in any game, but I, I made a joke once in college and it was like, I have a friend Pat from Boston and a friend Pat from New York. Go figure in there. I was like, whoops, that wasn't no. that wasn't a good thing to do. <laughs> like, whoops. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Nothing like competition to to bring out the <laughs> Maybe that's why emotions. maybe that's why Boba swears his allegiance to no one, or so he said. So mm. that's changing. Yep. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the war continues in full force with, uh, Chris Anton showing up, which was very, um, exciting to me cause I, I thought he had died. And, um, this is when we get the arrival of, uh, the two huge scorpion droids. So. Scorpionic? Scorpionic, mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they look like a big scorpion, but, um, Angela, yeah. you've got the, you've got the name, right? Um, yeah, Pelly. Pelly says it. I just, I take my notes from Pelly. Whatever she <laughs> says goes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she would know. Um, so it's interesting. <laughs> these, these droids, um, this is where I'm going to pull out my, my, my uh, oh, legends yes. key cat. So, um, <laughs> I have, I have this, this book called the new essential guide to droids. It was a, it's legends only, so it's not canon, but it was, um, written, uh, I, I'm not even sure exactly when, but, um, it's got a, it's got a list of every droid that was in existence, um, at the time that it was written 10 or 15 years ago. And this particular annihilator droid Mm -hmm. is in the book. Mm-hmm. That's and, cool. And uh, so, what what you learn about it? Because it it doesn't show up in any of the movies or even in Clone Wars. I don't think it shows up at all. It is a separatist droid, similar to the Droidicas that you see in in Episode One and Episode Two, except for it's quite a bit more massive and more deadly. Um, <laughs> clearly, and uh, and it was uh, the the description here in the book um, relates that it is incredibly expensive to to manufacture and so it's it's incredibly rare there were only a hundred in existence at the time of the the clone wars so Mm. now whether or not that's all true in canon or not i think you could agree that these droids are 
definitely expensive and and probably very rare uh but the pikes somehow got a hold of these droids and they are incredibly deadly do you guys know if like i i didn't get a chance to go back and watch the sound what came to my Mm. mind the sound effect um and it might be the same one but it's it's definitely uh, very similar to if not identical to the sound effect of the shields that the gungans had over them in episode mm-hmm. one that mm-hmm. ricocheting sound i just i can't yeah. remember if that's the same sound that you get from the droidicas as well i think but it's I, I definitely it's probably similar. close or similar, yeah. similar but that, yeah. that was you know, all these these prequel which again i i don't i don't really think there has been a whole lot before this this show i i don't recall a whole lot of prequel love outside of some of the animated series you know mm-hmm. with getting some of the um um you know, like you'll see battle droids show up like in an old warehouse or something right. in resistance even or something like that, which is cool, you know, but like, um, yeah, this was this was neat, like live action. I think we're love. Yeah. I think we're <laughs> far enough time wise um, from the prequels, you know, early sure. 2000s that I think I think that they've garnished enough um, nostalgic feelings and, yeah. and I, you know, um, and yeah, they have their faults, too, but. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's definitely the time is right for them to pull. Yeah. I mean, like the Naboo Starfighter, oh, that yeah. was mm-hmm. so cool to see and, and still, and we still get to see it, uh, coming in, in new episodes. Yeah. And yeah, the, the callbacks <laughs> I think are, are resonating with, you know, especially the, those of us who grew up with, with the prequels. So um and this this would fit right in with that i mean it 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 it's it's similar to the droidica just a lot bigger and um and it's still pulling from from legends and making something that was legends uh canon which is which is also really cool um so these droids also are i mean their 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 shields are we 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 find out in the episode that they're um resistant to energy weapons and they're uh, resistant to the kinetic uh, weapons which have too much mm-hmm. velocity so they kind of have to regroup and figure out a different plan um but uh but before that they all have to kind of scatter and retreat and the the droids are going down two different roads one chasing the the freetown group and one chasing boba and din and um i at at this point there was a i don't even know if we should talk about it but what did you guys think of um at one point this is where scad one of the modders um does the infamous spin and then shoot i, I, I wonder I what you were going to bring up i don't know if i want to bring uh, it up because to be honest i, have I don't think to say about it. i don't i don't really feel like it's that big of a deal or that like it was just kind of fun uh you know, but I guess I, I wanted to see if you guys had any thoughts. I don't. Well, to be fair, there, there's a great video. I, I wish Thomas were here because, you know, his his uh, specifically his swordsmanship expertise, because mm-hmm. I talked to him about this before. But there's a video floating around. There's a couple of them now. But there was a really interesting one. I thought and it's not super long where a like a sword fighting expert rated uh, the, the the lightsaber scenes from the Star Wars movies. And, you know, like. And he didn't hold back. <laughs> it was like, no, this, and he was saying he's a big fan too. And he's like, you know, this is awesome, but like, it's not a sword fight. It's a dance. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, yep. um, versus some other ones. And some of the ones we like the best are the ones that are the least like an actual fight 
at all, you know? And so from just a purely like, that's kind of silly move. I was like, eh, you know, I, I didn't make a big deal of it. My favorite thing that's happened with it online that I've seen though, is like a five second clip on YouTube where someone just took it where he does the spin. And then when he shoots, it cuts over to when Cad shoots Boba <laughs> and it just shows Boba flying down. And he's like, well, I guess, I guess he took the, uh, the pikes, you know, offer. <laughs> like, so no, I didn't think it was worth saying more than what I just said. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was funny. I kind of liked it. Was he spinning to get like his his modified eye like closer to the scene, or I don't know? He I'm trying miss. to do what uh, <laughs> That's all that matters. Saint Augustine says, like give people the <laughs> yeah the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But admittedly, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if more stormtroopers would spin around, they'd hit their targets. I don't know. <laughs> Like he's, he's yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah, I tried to headcanon it too a little bit. Um, <laughs> and he is, he's my favorite mod, I think, so far. Oh, I think yeah? he, he holds up, I think, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it Scad? Was it Drash? Scad, Drash, yeah. Scad. Drash yeah. is good too. I, I thought this was their best episode, I thought, mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Still have a, something's off for me with it. I, I think mm-hmm. I have an idea, but I'll save that to the end. Just to, if anyone from Lucasfilm is listening, I have a, just a <laughs> suggestion. It's, it's, not a critique i just i don't know <laughs> i think my biggest issue with it is not is not the the scene or the at all anything about the spin my biggest issue is the issues that people make of it <laughs> and the and even i mean even the animosity that's thrown out about yeah. the, the little i mean this like this spin has gotten so much hatred and well, i'm glad i haven't you know, seen that <laughs> um twitter's a fun place to be but it's also not a fun place to be um so yeah i've 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 kind of i don't like when when people just kind of take it too far and and get super nitpicky and and like i'm i'm watching this to enjoy it and you know and that's i found it kind of funny and comical and okay whatever (laughs) and move on (laughs) to the next scene you know so either way i don't i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it um because there's there's way more exciting things coming, especially Paley shows up with Grogu, which I wasn't expecting again at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes perfect sense that she would make a trip to to Mos Espa to deliver Grogu, and then, I mean, I I keep thankfully they keep showing like the big um, overviews of Mos Espa. It's not mm-hmm. a small town, so it is perfectly plausible in my mind for her to show up and not even realize that there's something going on and then just happen to be going down the wrong street. And there's the, um, (laughs) there's Din and there's this big, big, huge droid chasing him. So, uh, so that was, that was fun to see them show up and, and Pelly, yes, kind of steals every scene she's in. She's great. (laughs) I really hope she keeps coming back for, for, for more seasons. I, I kind of thought she was going to be a one-off character, but she is so much fun. Um, so who cried when uh, Grogu force leapt into <laughs> that's, Mike's raising his hand? That's that's why that's why he was learning how to jump. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. I was waiting for like like Renata right now is like prime sort of like Grogu age. So my, my daughter, my, my second daughter. So she she's like she's like well you know like this sort of you know mechanics of her getting around and a lot of the similar sounds and stuff so 
but uh, but she's in the uppy phase. Like she's literally running around going uppy, uppy. And I was like, oh gosh, if she could force jump, you know, actually, no, nobody wants that. It would be disastrous. But no, that was so that was so adorable. Well, and it makes perfect sense too. You you share the the dad the dad uh, uh, role that that Din does. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. And again, I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting them to be reunited quite, uh, quite so soon. And, and yeah. especially in this kind of a context, uh, but even Grogu is showing, I mean, he's, he's vulnerable, but he, mm-hmm. he can also hold his own too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and can I just add one thing there, father too? Cause when I, I said earlier about this, like just the, my kind of back and forth on you know, the placement of this, you know, is this where this Mm -hmm. should happen? But I thought, you know, I feel like your other alternative realistically would be, you know, build and build and build and build to to Mandalorian season three. And like, oh my gosh, we're so excited for Mandalorian season three and what we saw in Book of Boba Fett. And, and then somewhere like you basically get a tremendous amount, at least of the first episode, getting you back in this, like, and there he is and they're separated. And then he has to talk to Luke and there's this choice. And, I don't know. I think it's like, no, that's done. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. and so now it's just we can just start season three. You know, I, I think yeah. it, it really gave us a better launch into season three, probably when it's all playing out. That's my guess. Well, and like I said, it sort of changes my trajectory for what I thought season three yeah. would be. Right. Because I, yeah. I expected it to be all about Mandalore and it might still very likely be about Mandalore. But I, yeah. I just expected Grogu to be a cameo right. at most. Mm hmm. And instead, yeah. it's definitely going to be it's going to be a family affair now going forward, yeah. which is which is, I think, what we all wanted to see. And I think it's going to it's yeah. going to be it'll be good. He's 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 pretty. Yeah, he's pretty uh, talented and uh, and seems to be he's very brave. This is something, mm-hmm. too. I'd love to just we could do a whole thing on the courage and the arc because, you know, he's not a little scared kid, you know, and Luke recalling the memories, making him face that, you know, that's. Something yep. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but it'll be neat yep. to see that play out. Him mm. learning that courage. And the last thing Mando said to him right in the end of season two, you know, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. Well, and even um, Ahsoka mentioned that, too, that like fear of losing mm. Din could could she was worried that Grogu was going to, you know, go down the same path as Anakin. And mm-hmm. so. So, yeah, maybe he's he's learning to 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 not not act out of fear. Um, I mean, right. he's definitely. Yeah, he he shows his courage in multiple multiple scenes coming up uh, with mm-hmm. with the droid um, and the rancor, both of them. Um, so, uh, speaking of the rancor, this was the um, hidden backup that Boba was uh, was bringing to the bringing to the show, and I think this was another one of those things that everybody wanted to see, and so I'm really glad that we got to see it. Uh, Boba riding, yeah. <laughs> riding his rancor into, into yeah. battle. There was so much talk about it that it, like, it wasn't as much of a cool surprise thing as it, mm-hmm. I guess it could have been. But I mean, you kind of have to, if you're going to have Boba riding a rancor, which we've never seen anybody do before, um, you kind of have to set it up earlier on that, like he's training for it. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. But, um, one of the cool things that, I noticed on my second watch is that obviously we get this amazing reveal and I don't know, some people have said it, it's kind of reminiscent of um, 
Oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. Um, <laughs> when the Rancor comes in, what is the big lizard Godzilla? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Oh, King, King Kong, too. Yeah, King that? Kong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, those movies that there's kind of some some similarity there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also noticed, like, when the Rancor starts attacking the droid and then Din notices that, you know, the, the shield has concentrated its energy to the front that then he's got that in to go in with the dark saber and he puts Grogu down. He's like, I'm going to take care of this. You know, dad's going to do it. And he gets the, the dark saber and he's holding it with one hand as he's going in and it's upright as he's going into the force field around the droid. And I was like, this is maybe the first time that he's ever held it like upright so easily, like not without, immense amount of effort so i just wondered if it was because you know he was kind of like on dad duty and he was like i'm gonna protect my son type of thing you know like that that interior um wrestling or that in inner conflict that we've talked about how you know that's why the sword is heavy like the dark saber's heavy is because Uh sabine had inner conflict you know when she was when she was training with it and and pause, you know, Vizsla obviously had some inner conflict going on mm-hmm. and, and Din. So, um, but maybe, you know, as he kind of like, it's almost like he knows his vocation now, like he's just going for it, you know? So I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys ever see Cinderella man with, uh, Russell Crowe? No. Uh, which is a great, yeah. great bio movie about Jim Braddock, though, the boxer, like in the depression era. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a pretty successful boxer and then he, he loses this fight and kind of breaks his hand. And then he starts to kind of go downhill for a little while. The depression hits and it's it's kind of about him getting unexpectedly back into boxing when his family was really destitute. And uh, he starts surprising everyone, winning all these these uh, these uh, matches and everything. And at one point, they're doing a press conference and they're asking him, like, how, how did this happen? How did you, you turn the corner here? And he says something to the effect of because uh, I know what I'm fighting for now. And mm-hmm. they say, what are you fighting for? And he goes, milk. You know, like there's yeah, this yeah. real, just kind of blunt, like, you know, yeah. So that, that came to my mind there. Cause I, I'll have to go back and look. I didn't notice the difference with the saber, but yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's not some sort of code, you know, that I'm committing to, mm-hmm, which, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm pro Creed, I'm pro yeah. Creed, everybody. I want to be clear on that right now, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, we all know that challenge where when it's, it's like, Somehow it has to not just be theory for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be a tangible, I'm doing it because, you know, this, or that's that extra boost. <laughs> you know, Even there with, with Din, it's almost instinctual too. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's not this, yeah, there's not the theory. There's not the overthinking it. It's I'm in dad mode and I'm going to protect and you right. just do it rather than think about it. Mm-hmm. And that can, yeah, that can kind of cut through some of that inner that inner conflict. Oh, by the way, on a much less serious note, when he's, when he's looking at the shirt, <laughs> I was laughing because <laughs> I felt, I felt like, I felt like all these little things they put in there for all of us. That's for everyone who's nervous when you send something and you don't know if someone received it. <laughs> like that's just, it's like, Oh, you got it. God, you got the, the shirt. shirt. Great. <laughs> I like how he so calls fun. it the shirt too. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, the yeah, shirt. there's not some fancy name for it or anything. It's like, it's the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's their, it's their common garb. That's right. You're going to see Funko pops up the child featuring the shirt. It's like when my dad went to a conference or something for work and like 
sent me something from Disney World or something because he was in Florida, you know, and it's like, oh, you got this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that remind one more. Th- I just want to I forgot when we were talking about Pelly earlier when the X-Wing lands. What do you guys think of the her comment, you know, hearing his name and being like, oh, that's a terrible yeah. name. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe that that, that wasn't. Like obviously on purpose from yep. from uh, from Favreau because of that whole <laughs> that whole discussion. <laughs> but I I, I found it comical because I've loved the name Grogu. Mm. There's there's some there's sometimes that you get a name reveal and it just doesn't stick. Right. Like I still it's don't. Like, oh, what was that name again? Yeah. I still. I still don't think that Sheev Palpatine is really no. <laughs> like, and, and okay, that's just my, my take on it. But like <laughs> Grogu, I've, I've been a fan of that name from day one. So yeah. So when Pelly said that, I was like, hmm. yeah, okay. She's, a, she's just going to call him bright eyes and okay. it's cute. It's, you know, she's like, she's like one of those um, old ladies that just calls everybody honey. Like, just, <laughs> okay, just, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh and Rancors, I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> they are awesome. This this was I think yes. the coolest Rancor scenes that we've seen. We've we've oh had them I mean, we've had them in Clone Clone Wars and and Rebels and and those sorts of things, but like this this was really cool to see the Rancor just tear apart that droid. So Yeah. Well, and I I I know there's been all the, and I was speculating too, possibly Omega, you know, especially once we got to like episode, like the midway point, I, I sort of didn't think it would happen anymore because I thought it's just too, uh, building up to Cad Bane being the last new character introduced, I think was smart because mm-hmm. it, it could have gone way, you know, all the speculation like, oh, Han's going to be in it and Leia and I'm like, stop. Kind of kind of cap it. It's like a party when too many people keep showing up. Like uh, I only got like, you know, the one sleeve of, of Sprite here. I don't know. But um but I I I had forgotten and then when I see Boba on the Rancor, which we all hoped of course was coming, I I was like Omega riding the little, the I know. little baby I Rancor. I was really hoping for Omega. That was my I, Biggest I think that's yeah that's, that's something of, that's a little visual cue I, th- I think it'll happen eventually somehow but yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> season season two um, I hope so. well and you'd think like he, he doesn't seem my big thing with her and, and him is it doesn't seem like there's even the slightest hint at in this version of Boba that he's even aware of her right so I, I don't I, I think that kind of seems at least to me to rule out my thoughts of like Bad Batch season two, her meeting. Like, I don't think they've met at all mm-hmm. like for 30 years, like or mm-hmm. 20, almost 30 years. So well, if it, it makes happens, sense that I she think it'll be, happen forward. Yeah. It makes sense yeah. that she would be in hiding, right? Because of her sure situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a whole other show. Sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I want to get to, um, I mean, so at this point, the Rancors have totally dis- demolished uh, both of the droids, even, um, you know, the, the Freetown people are, are saved. And so is um, the others with the other droid, um, which leads to the final, the final confrontation that um, I really want to hear Angela's take on between Cad and Boba, because that was... That was kind of definitely like the crescendo where things were gonna um end on this this climax with so <clears throat> <My TED> talk. 
back no, to you. And, <laughs> um, but Mike saying that they really kind of led up to Cad Bane being the char- the last character that they introduced is so fitting because I think this is the reason why Cad is the only threat that can throw Boba off the Rancor. And, you know, he's the only threat that can just like walk up to the Rancor, throw some fire in its face enough to have it, you know, just, okay. You know, because, because the Rancor to me symbolizes Boba's power that he has amassed, like his success, his, his literally like his high status, you know, on the planet that he's come to like all this point and he's got like Jabba's throne and everything, but it's knocked off when Cad Bane comes. And the reason is because to me, Cad Bane represents Boba's past because this is canon from a couple of um, kind of side book type comic things um, that uh, Cad actually as a favor to Django trained Boba when he was a kid and kind of raised him to be, he was sort of like a father, but not in a good sense Mm because he apparently mistreated Boba, um, was not, didn't show any affection or anything like that. So maybe more like a manipulative father or an abusive father. And so he is the guy who really kind of brought Boba down. I mean, he, he taught him a lot of practical things about how to survive and how to fight, but he also brought him down mentally, I think, psychologically. And so the idea that this is the guy that throws Boba off the rancor at the end makes perfect sense. And it's the final confrontation because it's sort of like, yeah, this is the end of the book of Boba Fett. This is about Boba Fett. Like it's about his story And so here he is, he's grown up. He's this guy that we all kind of expected him to be right in this big fight. But the bigger fight is the interior scars, right? The inner um, wounds. And so um, Bane says, I'm still faster than you. And Boba says that that may be, but I have armor. And again, going back to that concept of armor, I think representing in this, in this, um, series family um grogu's shirt as i said the mandalorians talking about how they use their um their material for um armor not for weapons um and we know that boba's armor belonged to his father right so that whole concept of armor and family and then plus boba underneath his his armor he wears that wrapping that he got from the tuscans so that's his family connection too so this concept that like yeah you might be faster than me but i've got my armor i couldn't help but think of like the spiritual life too like you know we we have an opponent an adversary like a spiritual adversary who is smart you know cunning like all those things Um, and we're not as cunning. We're not as, you know, fill in the blank, but we have our family, we have our spiritual family and that's what makes us strong. And so we've got to hold on to that. Um, and then he's the accuser too, just to throw that in because he's he's really accusing of Boba. Yes, exactly. That's what I was just going to get into. It's like the whole time he's, he's insulting him. No, please. Yeah. Um, 
he's insulting him. He's tearing him down. He's ripping him apart. He's saying, I knew you were a killer. You're a killer. You know, he's <laughs> yep. just throwing that in his face. Oh. And then he literally rips off his helmet and exposes yeah. his face. Right. And you guys, you know, we've been talking so much on the show about how the, the helmet and like the, all, all of that, like covering that up, like your face and also the clones and what does it mean for Boba to be a clone and his face is all over the galaxy, right? <laughs> like who is Boba Fett? So here we are at the end of this series mm-hmm. and it's like Boba Fett's face is exposed and here he is facing his like maybe his greatest adversary, right? And that's when we kind of realize like what makes him different from all the other clones from his dad. It's the Tuscans. It's what he learned from the Tuscans. And so that's where he pulls out the gaffy stick and he uses that to defeat mm-hmm. his greatest adversary. That was his family. That was like the first real family that he had after his, you know, dad. I don't know if he really felt that he had a family with his dad in reality because his dad was always gone. And, yeah. you know, it was kind of like this weird thing that we saw in the flashbacks in this, in this season. Whereas, Yeah. So I don't know if if he would call that family based on his experience with the Tuscans. But anyways. Um, and that's, yeah, by the so, way, the, the, the lowest tech exactly. of anything he has is that right, stick. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's, and, it, well, and just for a last thing, like, you know, the last thing that uh, Cad says to him is, I know I knew you were a killer. Right. Like even when he's like got the stake in, you know, like I knew you were a killer. And so to me, Boba kind of uses his what represents his family to silence the accuser, right? To silence that voice. Um, and so I just wow, like I know. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. But seriously, like <laughs> that was amazing to me. Like that scene Your talk was so <laughs> symbolic. Yeah. Well, and even, oh even Cad mentions too, he says, you know, this is my final lesson to you. Yeah. Look out for yeah. yourself. Everything else is weakness. And, and that fits how Cad's perspective on things that, yeah, he's only looking out for himself, but it also reveals that because Boba's not just looking out for himself, that is also part of the whole family uh, reality. And that's, that's why he ultimately prevails is because he's not acting like that. So, yeah, yes. that's uh, incredibly insightful. And, and so I just think like, you know, back to what Mike was saying about Grogu and that whole thing, like, does it fit in this in this series? I feel like it does. Like, I know the environment is different. Like we went to a whole nother planet and we had all these characters that, you know, aren't really part of like Boba's direct line storyline. But I do still feel like thematically you know, it, it fit and it helped tell the story of all that we were going up to this point with Cad and, and Boba, because you can see, like, I, I heard somebody called Din, like the most successful father, like in Star Wars history. <laughs> like <Right>. <laughs> He's the best father, <laughs> father figure, you know? Yeah. That's like Tom, Thomas. I remember was, um, um, at the end of Mandalorian season two, as, as much as we all love that, you know, I know Thomas had qualms with the whole, just like, ah, here you've built up this, this, 
the best sort of father-child, you know, father-son relationship in Star That's Wars. Right. And then you give them to this guy who's, ah, <laughs> like, I know it's Luke, but, you know. Right. But um, but I, what's funny, though, is, is, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, Angela, you would probably know this, but um, does, I feel like there's a good chance she does. Does Ahsoka have any run-ins with Boba, specifically her running in with Boba in Clone Wars? Because I know he's got a couple plot lines in there, but I can't for the life of me remember if they crossed paths specifically um, i want to say no um Cause I, was, I was just yeah because be the reason i was wondering is I was, you know i mean boba fett is the connective tissue of this like the thing that everyone has in common is him you know luke i mean if you want to go with i was just watching the uh boba's official debut right in the holiday <laughs> special <laughs> <laughs> hello friend you know it's like oh, that's creepy um but that, you know, I mean, like, you can, you know, take that or leave it. But if there's a possible way to watch that seriously, I'm like, there's direct interaction with Luke and Boba Fett um, background there. You know, and then, of course, in the films, you know, we get uh, they have run ins and Empire Strikes Back run ins and Return of the Jedi. Nothing personal, you know, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, so like Luke's presence in the book of Boba Fett. There's a connection, even though they don't meet at all in this show but that was yeah i was just wondering about that because i i think they did succeed at least as far as it not being completely like where's this coming from like like mm -hmm. episodes whatever it was like five and six and you know um i think it all needed to happen and well, uh it was kind of good that she was there too in this whole father family conversation yeah. because she didn't make that that uh, comment yeah. just like your father to luke so she was well, sort of that connection too. She's the connection kind of between Mando and Luke. I think more, you know, he was more familiar with her Yeah. before. Yeah. That's, that makes sense too. My, my two cents on it would be uh, similar, but if, if, if we are looking at, I mean, family being a core theme of star Wars, and if we are recognizing that there is a family connection between Boba and Din, um, their shared culture, their shared heritage. Mm -hmm. um, it, it does make perfect sense that we would find where Din has gone because Boba's already helped Din out. And then Din, of course, is going to be uh, instrumental in helping Boba out as well because of that family connection. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, Boba's got to be, you know, Uncle Boba now to, to little Grogu, <laughs> which is kind of fun to think about. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I but I see Din and Boba as brothers. <laughs> Dare I say the Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> if Finnick would take the bad guys out, we have Boba's. You know, we have you know, Grogu's baptism, and while Boba's there, you see the Aqualish <laughs> oh guy gosh. getting taken, and that's too much. <laughs> I was going to say maybe Cobb Vanth will be uh, the the Godfather. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited about that too with him. But no. So, um, his Robo character. Cobb. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, 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 we'll jump to that here in a second. There's just a few other, <laughs> few other scenes to kind of, uh, mention. Um, you know, we have, we have the, the wonderful scene of, of the rancor on the loose, uh, which now that you mention it, yeah, King Kong total Godzilla, you know, climbing up the, the bell tower and, and all of that. And Din tries to tries to settle him down, and Grogu is the one who is able to use the Force to connect and and put him to sleep, and then that promptly puts little Grogu to sleep as well. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah. Um, we then kind of get the, the conclusion of things. I, to be honest, sort of forgot about Fennec Shand until this point. <laughs> yeah. There was That's so much huge... going on. Um, I have a huge bullet point on that. And she um... was quite a bit more ruthless <laughs> than I expected. Mm-hmm. I guess you don't get called Master Assassin for nothing. Right. But, uh, yeah. I, um, uh, can I just say something about Fennec yeah. real yep. quick here? Because cause this is... Um, and I want to be clear that the reason the, to make to make it very clear that I'm not criticizing her or Ming-Na Wen at all. Exactly the opposite. Um, I, the title of this little mini rant I had was called Fennec Deserves Better <laughs> was my sort of <laughs> hashtag because I just two things about her character that I, I feel like it just deteriorated through the season in terms of, of things that just really bothered me was number one. I don't understand why they made her the go-to for just completely unnecessary exposition dump and tactics overview. Yeah. Because it just was so, and it was, it was a repeat several times. And I was laughing because I was thinking like, first of all, like Boba Fett does not need to be told that you can use money to hire people to work for you to be muscle, you know? And I was like, okay. You know, he's like, really? You know, that's, that's what he did (laughs) you know, in a way or sometimes. But the other thing just bothered me. My husband doesn't need to be told a lot of things that he knows already, but I also need to repeat them to him Fair. to remind him Fair. that there are things. So, but the the one I just I just thought it was too much. Um, it's a little like um, um, you know, like occasionally you hear a <laughs> hear a Rolling Stones song where they're really you know cruising and, and they've got a potentially good like fifteen seconds of just a good instrumental kind of riff, and Mick Jagger has to you know oh, yeah, and it's like Mick like could you step back for a second just let it you know let it breathe you know and i just thought like from a filmmaking standpoint the sanctuary like that scene so stark and it's so powerful and it's like you were coming into it with the emotion from the last episode you, i just felt like it, it, it was just inappropriate to have ming na wen it felt uncomfortable too i feel like she knew it i don't know but to be like okay so let's review <laughs> are, those guys are there and those guys are there and those it, it was it's like just show like she that was, well she was telling din that but it but it yeah. did feel that it, way okay. to me it did feel that yeah. way to me and well but see and then like as soon as she's done with it it's like the moment she's done all of that falls apart because they're all there <laughs> and, you know, and even she's like a, but my, my main my main concern just i i really i know that it was important i think I, I my guess is it was very important for going forward. Everything we've talked about uh, between Din and Boba to really get that relationship solid. I just felt like you know we we did we spent so much time really getting the chemistry and the everything with with him and with Boba and Fennec, mm-hmm. you know, built up. And I I looked at it tonight. I double checked thirty two minutes of this episode where she's like completely not even referenced. You know, like, and I just thought that's just awfully long, you know, to have her just gone um, but and she to had send to, her. Yeah, she had to go to another town. I mean, well, no, no, I know. Yeah, but I, I just thought you could yeah. have showed some of her doing something. Yeah. You know, I just felt it, it wasn't fair to her. But the main thing, the big head scratching thing I had was why did we do it this way? Like she ends up going to, like exactly into the same headquarters that Boba went into. Mm-hmm. to negotiate with the Pikes. Like, it's not like he didn't know where they were. So that was a little weird to me. I don't know if that was just, it was supposed to look familiar to us, but I thought if they had had them go to a different location, 
for me, that would have maybe been a little more like take the edge off. Like, well, why didn't we just do this in the first place? <laughs> like, just just send Fennec in there in the first place and save yourself a lot of trouble. But um, but no, my, my main thing was just I, I love her character. Um, and uh, I I just I don't know. I just feel like you could have had her in here a little more in the episode. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully she's back in in new seasons because oh, sure. yeah she's Definitely. her her character and and ming na wen is is truly truly awesome so and she'll be back in bad batch season two probably <laughs> probably, too, probably. So. yeah 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 so yeah those are those are valid valid critiques um she does take them all out though and but like even the mayor she does <laughs> like that was oh, pretty intense yeah because was... the mayor i sort of you know it what I kind of noted in my notes is that's sort of what happens when politicians think that they can just get involved in criminal activity and nothing will, you know, the, the, everything will be on the up and up as far as their needs and wants, you know, Mm -hmm. It, it never, it never works out that way. You know, it never is as clean as you want it to be. So it was sort of that, um, morality tale almost in a way, like, how yeah. tragic it was his end like it was it was pretty nasty and it's not like we were meant to like him uh but he was kind of i mean he was furry he you know he had robert rodriguez's you know friendly <laughs> voice <laughs> he did that was so weird <laughs> i love it he, he was he was yeah a, a likable sort of <laughs> mayor but um yeah well, either way, he's he's now no longer in the picture, and that's uh, that's where Boba's Boba's stepping in at this point. A um, couple other uh, final scenes. Um, we we do get some hints at maybe what's coming next uh, when Boba and Fennec are walking down the down the street, and you know everybody's bowing to him, and Boba makes the comment that they're not suited for that, and Fennec says, "Well, then if not us, then who?" And of course, the the camera pans to Chrysanthemum and the mods, but I tend to think that that's not going to be the ones to to take over eventually. They might help, but I think someone else is going to step in. Hmm. Um, and I'll save that for <laughs> just a minute or so. Put a pin in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll come back to that. Uh, and then we have a final scene with with Grogu, uh, which was totally perfect uh grogu wanting to <laughs> to um have din hit the the speed boost on in the nabu starfighter uh which was which was great like any any i uh, could watch that on repeat <laughs> any, oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean we've all been there we when i was a kid we used to have this hill by by our house that was that was one of those that if you were going at the right speed your your stomach kind of made the 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 jump and it was and it was <laughs> so much fun and so my dad would anytime we took that road home it was you just you just knew it was coming and it was so much fun and then they took the hill out because it was a little um i don't know dangerous. probably dangerous too fun <laughs> right? <laughs> right but same 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 concept uh totally relatable well, they keep hitting it out of the park with that too, because I just think of him. Remember him with the switch, you know, in the first mm-hmm. season, yep. and uh, you know the uh, doing the wiring. Like there's like <laughs> there's like yeah. there's there's a good there's a good five or six that are just like oh I could just over and over and over. It's perfect. That's oh <laughs> yep yep. 
well, I think we can be be prepared for more cuteness uh, coming coming soon. Uh, the final the final scene would be the 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 mid credit scene, the post credit scene, whatever you want to call that. And we we finally get to see what happened to Cobb Vanth, and he's in in the back to tank, and he is going to get modded and augmented. So that's kind of interesting, and that leads into my theory that. I think Cobb is going to be the next mayor or I don't know if Daimo or whatever leader mm-hmm. of Moss Espa. I think he's going to be the one that, that takes over. And I suspect, and Mike, I think you mentioned it earlier too. I think, I think Boba's connected to Mandalore uh, a little bit more than maybe even he realizes at this point. Cause I think that's his true family. And, and if he, if he pursues that and becomes Mandalore, it's it fits with his character development and where he's he's potentially going to go. So well, what's I, I just I, I can't possibly imagine a more unique you know, again as we keep saying someone who's trying to really find himself and not be you know a a you know industrialized mass produced face mm-hmm. like what what could possibly be more no one else has done this <laughs> you know. <laughs> Then he becomes the Mandalore, you know, mm-hmm. but 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 has to earn it though. I think mm-hmm. too. Like I think there has to, there's a great arc ahead in Legends. He does become Mandalore. Well, yeah, I heard. I didn't read those, but I've heard that. So, yeah, um, yeah, a little bit differently, but but same same basic concept. So yeah, Dave Filoni knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Understatement of the <laughs> century. Um, was there any other sort of um? theories or thoughts that you guys had um even um i i don't know mike did we mention everything that you were talking about as kind of looking at the series as a whole i uh just three three real quick things number one uh, i don't know if we mentioned specifically back to the negotiating scene i love that the major domo used uh vader's line dispense with the pleasantries (laughs) that was i was like that's and it fits there perfectly but what a different tone to it yeah um the um just a, a funny tactical thing like i understand it's, it's a movie it's space i just like the 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 veteran in me <laughs> there's a few scenes where i'm just like from both perspectives but mostly for the pikes i've got to say like guys none of you have hand grenades you know <laughs> like i don't want to be brutal yeah. but everybody you're fighting is in that one room and just you know, you know, just saying, but uh, yeah, no, no artillery, nothing. Well, I guess that's that's kind of what the the droids, of course, do. But but no, but the last thing I just the mods, and I know it's like well, there's been so much piling on them, so I'm not really piling on. I I genuinely think, just my opinion, I genuinely think that the Vespa looking speeders are just a mistake. <laughs> I just not 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 the bright colors of them, you know, because I, I think it's meant to recall kind of a classic you know, kind of uh, car era, you know, mm-hmm. motorcycles and all this. And, and um, that very important for Star Wars, very important for George Lucas, of course. Everybody knows that, you know, the, the role of that. Um, but they just do not look intimidating. They look <laughs> ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, they're cool. Nope. They're really, like, I, I'd love to have one. It'd be awesome. But it's like, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not someone who's trying to intimidate somebody. You know, I'm a high school teacher. And one thing that high school teaching, of course, has taught me is being back in that world now for twice as long as I went through it the first time, which is a little weird. 
it's some things never change. And you know how, like how high school kids can be. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like you smell blood in the water, basically of anything <laughs> you can nitpick and make fun of. I just think like someone trying to roll through, like acting tough on one of those. things. It's just, <laughs> I feel like everyone in Tatooine would in fact be standing around like, <laughs> Hey guys, look, odds <laughs> are coming. So I just, no, because I do, I want to like them. And I think they really did earn their keep here with this, this last episode. I just, I think of how cool speeders have always looked in Star Wars. And I just think like, ah, like, like the scout troopers, the, the, you know, like every time anyone's been on a speeder bike, even Cobb on like repurposed, um, uh, um, pod bracing stuff. You remember that mm-hmm. from, I think season, was that season two, the first episode with him? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it was, that was, it just looked so cool. And the idea of like, this makes sense, you know, this is where they are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, for me, that's, that's my only real hang up with them is those things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all, that's all I had basically. We'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll, they'll get an upgrade. <laughs> well, you brought up George Lucas. My, my last note was about, was related to George as well. And that is that we know in his work, he liked to, um, pit nature versus technology a lot. Um, or, you know, just, human society as you know being more um not so smart when we rely on technology so much for things um and so i really saw that especially with the rancor versus the droid but also as mike said with the gaffy stick you know in that that fight that that was the thing that won you know and in the end so my only final note is is i wonder if peli and the major domo are going to become a thing I didn't get that vibe. All the people that I've heard suggest that are guys. So just saying, I didn't get that vibe at all. Uh, we'll see. So maybe within the story, that's what he thinks, but she's not interested. Right. She's working. Right. She's working on herself. Right. right. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, that is going to conclude our thoughts on the finale of the book of boba fett and of course listeners we want to know what your thoughts were and you can let us know in all the various ways that you can communicate with us you can email us at star wars at sqpn.com you can comment on our facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash starquest media and you can tweet at us um, at and we're on twitter at sqpn And we would like to take a moment, of course, to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Sherry L., Timothy D., Dr. P., Craig H., and Aaron L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, please make sure that you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just hit that bell to get notifications of all new episodes. And you can find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. 
And we, uh, now that we are finished with the book of Boba Fett, we're going to go back to a bi-weekly podcast until uh, Kenobi comes out in May. And so we will be back in two weeks and we're going to be doing something completely different, um, but still Star Wars. So I'm very excited for this. And also I have no idea what we're getting into, but um, Thomas Sanherjo, the Ronin himself is going to be leading us in um, a Star Wars RPG game. So for those of you who have enjoyed those kind of um, role-playing games with with your friends we're going to be doing one of those on the podcast so i think thomas is probably the only i maybe andrew has joined in on those two but i think most of us are newbies at this so um at least for sure i am so this is going to be quite quite a different uh fun experience so the next time on the podcast we're going to be podcasting our creation process for our characters as well as setting the the scene and the scenario and then we will jump into the actual RPG after that. So if you think that that is something that you would love to listen to us do, then please, please join in and, uh, you know, definitely share your thoughts with us as we continue to go forward. So until next time, old Ben, Mike Creevy, thanks for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Oh, it's my pleasure. And the Bendu herself, Angela Cialana, thanks for joining us as well. It was so much fun. Thanks, guys. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.